To be fair, let me just say, I think Plain Jane is really hot and I will definitely do her. (laughs) (laughs) I shut her up, all right. I love this podcast. Fears, fears, weather, fears, food, fears, this weather. Room, room. Somebody cleared customs. I'm Geneva, la diva mas latina. I'm Geneva, la diva mas latina. I'm Geneva, la diva mas latina. Hello, I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter, fresh from riding in on top of a jetliner like a mechanical bull, all the way to Melinda Verga's homeland of Canada, just so we could say we're coming to you today, broadcasting live from Customs, the mystical place fantasticized by the infectious lyrics of Geneva Carr's talent show song. And I'm Jillian Cedarholm, EW's news director, and my only talent really is holding up poster boards. I'm Geneva, la diva mas latina. Today, we are going to pry my brain away from hearing those lyrics with every neuron that fires in my body to bring you a full recap of episode two of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16, as well as an interview with our special guest, mother to Maya Amon LePage, Miss Kennedy Davenport later in the show. And it is a very good one, trust me. Um, But Jillian, are you also wearing black stockings and white shoes to do this interview as I am. I know it looks like it, but that's actually just my leg hair styled to look like fishnets. (laughs) Black stockings, white shoes, shouldn't be allowed in the church. Speaking of, okay, before before Kennedy takes us to church, hopefully not the Church of Scientology so that we react like Megami, <laughs> let's get into the second part of season 16's two-part premiere. We officially met La Diva Mas Latina herself, Geneva Carr. La Diva Mas Latina. As well as Hershey LaCour Jate, Plasma, Megami, Maya Iman LePage, Plain yes. Jane, and Nymphia Wind. And things got off to a very shady start. When the queens called Plain Jane rotted in your individual interviews ahead of the season, (laughs) they weren't kidding. She read her sisters from the moment she entered the workroom, calling Geneva, Plasma, and Hershey piglet, hideous, and beautiful, which I'm still not sure if it was sarcastic or not, in Russian, and referring to them as the Brick Squad in her confessional, the girls... (laughs) Also gagged literally when Geneva revealed that she grooms and styles her leg hair, which was so like of all the things that have happened on this show, Alexis Michelle dressed as a life-size piss-stained jockstrap. The thing that <laughs> grossed out a group of drag queens was somebody styling her leg hair. Putting bows, <laughs> Putting bows on their and leg little, hair. Little pearls in her leg hair, which was very funny to me. Um, but Joey, any entrance highlights here for you? Um, entrance to the podcast highlights Jillian once again saying piss stain jockstrap from last season as we put that on repeat I believe in one episode um, Sammy our beloved producer we're gonna have to do that again um, piss stained jockstrap uh, <laughs> entrance highlights I think I love the dynamic between Hershey and Plasma I think that it was so cute uh, them, I think I saw somebody online being like this is just two women meeting each other out while shopping for groceries in the south um, it was their banter was really adorable. I 
I I am obsessed with Hershey uh, across the board. I think that Hershey is so funny and the style of drag that Hershey does is just so specific and, but also not specific. It is just, it's, she fills me with so much joy and I loved watching her on this episode, but I also, I'm sorry. I plain Jane is really doing it for me. I think that she is so funny. And I think, I think, I, I I made a controversial statement to Jillian when I was watching this episode is that my initial reaction was like, this is as close to like an A plus performance that I think we've gotten on a premiere of Drag Race. And I think watching it the, on the second time, it overall maybe was not as I was not as enthusiastic about it the second time, but I still stand behind that. I just love the mess. And I also loved Morphine and Tsunami reading last week too. I loved Mistress all last season. Candy Muse is one of my favorites. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just, I love the shade. I love the banter. I loved the reading. I just, I thought it was so funny. So I thought that Plain Jane coming out of the gate, just being, living up to that. Maybe it was different because we had the sort of primer of all the other queens jokingly and lovingly in our interviews being like, oh yeah, she's rotted. Um I mean, I feel like if they're fine with it, like... Okay, well, I, if we're going to get know. into this now, I thought we were going to hold this for later. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. To me, there's a real difference because as we are going to speak with Kennedy about uh, coming up, to me, the biggest difference was both of them doing the majority of their reading in confessionals versus to the sisters. Morphine last week, I think, was even more guilty of it because plain Jane, I, 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 now I can't recall. It felt like all of morphines were happening in confessionals. Plain Jane's said it to their face a couple times, but I don't know if speaking Russian counts because they can't understand what she's saying to their face. <laughs> and to me, the one time that like in untucked is the one time that plain Jane really, um, said anything like straight up to the girls, like an actual read. And then before it even left her mouth said, just kidding. So to me, that is a difference from what Mistress was doing, what Candy's done, what especially Bianca Del Rio has done, where they said it with their full chest out, but also a twinkle in their eye so that you never know if it was, you like, if you're, either you got it and you knew they were kidding, or you didn't quite know if they were serious, but you at least had the question there, which I'm... I'm not going to judge either of them on only seeing these premieres, but I am very curious if they are going to put their money where their mouth is and say it in front of the other mm-hmm. girls. Cause that to me will be the big difference. Yeah. And I just, and I was just purely saying that because she, for entrance highlights, like sh- she came right out the gate saying that. And I just, I wanted to lay the foundation for that conversation, which I do think we should have in the context of some other things that happened in this episode. But just like, we did last week. I mean, the the seven girls who came in, they did a, a li- really comical mini challenge with T.S. Madison helping RuPaul at the DMV desk and the queens posed for photos. And RuPaul smashed a little bug that crept onto the desk, which, I mean, gave the animal community even more of a reason to not vote for her in any upcoming elections. But Nymphia won the challenge and the queens were then introduced to the Rada Queen twist. And this group... Definitely reacted, I think, with a lot more confusion and even anxiety over the ranking twist. I mean, Plain Jane immediately said she would vote fairly, as did Plasma. And I think everyone in the room could sense 
that Plain was lying because there was that little side conversation happening and Plain Jane could hear it because she looked up and she was like, oh, we're starting already. Um, and it did set the stage for what would happen later, which we will get into their actual rankings and, and strategy a bit more in a bit. But first, do we have any takeaway from the she MV and how did it stack up to the first group's uh, mini challenge photo shoot, do you think? I thought this was a lot more fun in terms of seeing everyone interact. I mean, I think the winner yeah. of this to me was T.S. Madison and RuPaul, just like seeing them improv off of each other. And there were moments yes. where like after the bug, when Ru said, you got to stop bringing your lunch in here or something, like you could just see RuPaul like starting to smile, like how much fun she was having and like how she knew how funny <laughs> she was being. So I really loved seeing that dynamic. Although I think group A might have had it i don't i don't know i mean i guess it depends on them they're all natural performers but they didn't have like even the pressure of having rupaul in front of them or any of the other girls judging them so Mm -hmm. i guess that was the difference to me well behind an ipad i mean yeah but who knows like like you know like we discovered last week it was potentially justin's fingers holding that ipad (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i i did i i this is just more proof to me that ts madison i just honestly like we need T.S. Madison every week, not just once every three weeks, not once every four weeks. Like, I'm sorry, T.S. Madison needs to sit on that panel every single week. She's so and good. she's so good. She's so funny. She's painting all the time. Like, she's in fashion, like grand looks all the time. I mean, she is I, I want to see her judging and giving her advice and critique on these queens more every week and she's also like a comedic actress yes, like one of the she funniest, she's most naturally funny people right who can do that thing that rupaul loves and like volleying with rupaul so i i just i want to see ts more but i did what i think my favorite moment that i was laughing so hard when um i think it was like they were calling it might have even been during plain janes i think when they were like oh yeah she's a whore and then rupaul just like looks down at ts and it's just like yeah put put that in the computer <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just starts typing it's so funny and rue and ts are so good at that shit and i just want to see i I really want to see more of that but also what i want to see more of is maya falling asleep which she tweeted and confirmed to the fans that she did not actually fall asleep it's called (laughs) acting you're waiting at the DMV for a very long time. She was, yes, she was. perfectly improving. It's just that she's so low key that you're like, wait, did she fall asleep? Wait, is she, is she actually falling asleep? Either way, yeah. it was hilarious and one of my favorite moments of the episode. Yeah. Um. So then we see the queens getting ready for the talent show, which was the Queen Choice Awards, which was so funny to me because in this one, the pit crew came out in speedos holding surfboards, which they did not do for the one that was spring break themed, where where we were like, why is nothing actually spring break themed? Nothing is spring break themed. So yes, equally confusing. Becky G entering the workroom with air horns to give the queens (laughs) a pep talk, which I saw someone online call the queen's first acting challenge. First acting challenge. Which I don't know. I mean, a couple of them. Geneva did seem legitimately into it, but I don't know. Some of the other ones... Like that was the one time that Plain Jane There's really was like, no "Oh, I way. love her." <laughs> like, okay, I know. Like, There's no way that Plain Jane knew who Becky G was. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> anyway, for the talent, Geneva did a folklorico dance with a humorous twist and gave us the earworm. I'm Geneva, Geneva, Latina, which I have been just singing nonstop. Me too. I'm Geneva. 
diva, la diva más latina. It was... Uh, to me, like the perfect, if you're going to do one of these songs here, lip sync, perfect, because we all remember the song and it has Drill your name it in it. Drill it into the head. Yes. Drill it into the head. Um, Hershey also came with a, cat, a catchy oh, song about whiplash, whiplash, which I've also been singing, written by Cornbread, and Cornbread. did some wig whipping. To me, it was just a little confusing that she was in the jungle, dressed like the crocodile hunter, Wait, and selling this, that that too, this or product. Hershey, or, or, oh, yeah, yeah, somebody, Gen- yeah, somebody ended up saying, I think it was Geneva that also asked that. And I was like, yeah, exactly my thoughts. <laughs> Um, Magami performed Four Non Blondes, What's Up, while in a black veil, clutching a pride flag with, for dear life and <laughs> urging people to vote, uh, <laughs> holding up these posters, sat boards. Uh, Maya showed off her flipping ability in a choreographed number. Nymphia performed a cultural sleeve dance in a traditional costume. Plasma did some singing slash minor burlesque slash celebrity impressions on the mic. And Plain Jane performed a song about having a stinky burger finger and then squeezed (laughs) mustard and ketchup all over her giant boobs. So, Joey, (laughs) takeaways? Uh, The moment that probably made me laugh the hardest uh, at this whole talent show was when (laughs) Megami was... um, holding up her sign that said vote vote for us in the voting booth and then it got to Becky G who looked at RuPaul with the biggest frown on her face. No, I saw that as doing like a like a pouty like I'm about to cry. No, no, no. No, I know. I know. I know. I'm joking. I'm 100% joking. I know what she was trying to say there, but it was just funny, you know, to be like, "Oh, Becky G confirmed homophobe." Okay, EW is not confirming in any manner that Becky G is a homophobe. The joke. opinions of Joey Nolfi, Drag Race. Imprinter. No, it is not my opinion. It is a joke. It is. I know that Becky G is very supportive of the community. It is a joke just because of the way that that was edited together. It's if one was looking to improv comedy, as one might say, one might say that that's what it appeared to be. But in reality, she is not a homophobe. Wow. But uh, we can't yeah. confirm so that just, either. That is not the opinion. Well, actually, we, can't <laughs> we have not looked, verified anything. Oh my god, we haven't verified. So basically, we're at neutral <laughs> yes. ground. Okay. Um, but plain Jane, I, I, a lot of people were comparing her hers to Jimbo, and this is coming up frequently. Jillian, you and I saying that we're sort of noticing a pattern between these talent shows, and I, I do think that it was probably made in the same vein as you know, the recipe for success that plain Jane might've seen with um, Jimbo. And if we ever get her on this podcast, like, of course we will be asking her about that, but it's like, I mean, it, um, if the recipe works, I mean, I guess it works and here it clearly worked. I, I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was, I mean, I was chuckling throughout the, the first portion of it. I think I was expecting something a little bit more deranged from her. Um, but then I did laugh really hard at, her squeezing the if if it had ended with just a simple squirt of mustard and ketchup on the tits i would have like thought it was funny but i think the fact that she kept going and it just kept unloading all of the ketchup and mustard i thought that that was really funny but um maya i also love that it was i mean she basically was she's kennedy's daughter which a a lot of people apparently did not know that she was kennedy's daughter and i thought it was so sweet that she did what she does very well but also made it a tribute to kennedy by doing some of the exact same moves flipping onto the little table ending in a split to camera i mean she was doing it was very much a 
thanks mom and i tipped up the hat to kennedy davenport and i thought it was so so sweet Um, i liked that a lot and i to jump back to plain jane jimbo one thing that i did have to look up to remind myself and i don't know maybe it just makes it way too coincidental or whatever that she they would have started filming this i believe before all stars eight aired correct oh yeah or at least in its yeah, entire right. because to me i almost was like is her talent doing a jimbo impression because it was just so it wasn't just that it was in the same vein it seemed so like are you hungry mama is something that jimbo said with the baloney stink finger <laughs> or her burger finger is like the stink finger from all stars eight so it was like just so many like exact comparisons but thinking back i don't think she would have been able to watch that no no, 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 no. All, Star, All Stars 8 filmed immediately after season 15. So maybe Jimbo is doing, maybe Plain Jane wins this thing. Jimbo's the only person to know that. Went back, reviewed all the tapes, <laughs> said, let me do exactly what Plain Jane does. No, so I, I, I don't know. So it was just like those kind of things I was like, not only is it just reminding me of someone, because people do things all the time that are reminiscent of someone else's act. It was just so exact to me, but... Well, but Jimbo also, I mean, there was on UK versus the world, Jimbo said, um, are you hungry, mama? And but then plain Jane also said, like, do you want to smell it, mama or something? Like, I feel like it was a knowing nod to Jimbo. Like, okay, I think that so plain yes, Jane, I forgot about you yeah. versus the world. Yeah. yeah so, okay, it was a Jimbo thing. impression. So because <laughs> yeah, she, she said something that was almost like very much like a nod to either that or it was just the the best coincidence ever because i think that she did say something like oh do you want to smell my finger mama or do you are you do you want to taste it mama or something like that mm-hmm. one week after safira called rupaul daddy at least somebody's calling rupaul mama again on the stage but yeah i, th- I feel like it was like a knowing nod hmm. to jimbo so pl- plasma also doing this impressions right in front of Derek barry was so funny to me that Derek, <laughs> who was out first in all stars because of doing these impressions <laughs> i did not think that plasma's was as bad or too no, jack of all no. trades, master of none as she got the critique for. I thought it was a lot to pack in, but I think that's kind of what you do try to do, show off some talents. I think her burlesque element of it was probably the thing that I would have lost because it was just uh, sleeves into gloves and a collar into a necklace. Um, but I, I don't know. I didn't have any major problems with it. Um, and I don't know, I gotta say, Megami's got me, I was tearing up when I, w- I did spend a significant portion of the song being like, what is she doing? And the way yeah. that she is clutching that flag, I was getting worried. <laughs> like, are you ever going to unfurl it? What are you doing with this flag? Just like this really tight fist, um, and the easel. But once I figured out, like once she got to the part of the song about what's going on and was, and then I like, before she even picked up the first board, I was like, oh, I get it. And then she picked up the board and I'm like, oh, okay, like this is going to just move me as a sentiment I obviously agree with. But, um, so I don't know, I guess to me, like, it, yes, on second viewing, it was funny when plain Jane says the thing about is like, is this uh, talent group? Is this clear <laughs> are you worth giving us anything And are you only so like funny. holding up is the, your only talent holding up a poster board? Um, I don't know, I might say the same about plain Jane's talent. Is that is that what's oh, worth protecting? Like no, squeezing condiments no. onto your fake boobs. But it's um, so funny as hell. That was the funniest comment of the entire uh, episode to me because it is so rotted and so funny. And I'm like, this is my thing. If her sisters are okay with it and clearly well, are laughing about it, we don't know it, because it's behind. Oh, you mean the, have, oh, you mean the talent? The talent? Okay, okay. 
Yeah. Like I'm saying that like they all voted for it. And I, there's a lot of people saying like favoritism for plain Jane. And I'm like, RuPaul did not put plain Jane in the top. Like the Queens put plain Jane in the top. But so are they the Queens were obviously reacting all living for to, it. Are they doing like the typical all-star thing where you're like, even if the Queens are the ones voting, not the judges, they're still taking critiques into account. And so oh, RuPaul was obviously yeah. living for it. Cause I really, it looked like all the Queens kind of looked over and even Becky G they were, looked over to be like, the, what is RuPaul's reaction going to be? RuPaul started cracking well, up. Well, the judges were also look, looking or living for Nymphia, and they didn't put Nymphia on the top. Oh, yeah. And I also thought Nymphia that was, was so weird. really good. So Oh, Nymphia yeah. was amazing. Nymphia is Nymphia doing that talent. I, I love when, I mean, also, I mean, Gia Gunn doing her talent back on All Stars 4. I mean, it was just, it reminded me a lot of that, where it's like, these are real talents that are coming from you know, a specific cultural background and they hold more significance versus, you know, just doing a, a song and dance on the stage, which also takes talent, but it, it, it invites you, it gives you a little window into the sort of foundation that this person is going into the show standing on. And when it comes to drag and also what they're trying to say with their drag. So I think that Nymphia, that was a little odd that Nymphia was also not in the top, but I am, I uh, was totally fine with, um, Geneva and Plane also being in the top. I don't know. I think it was collectively, I think I was not as excited by this group's collective episode as yeah, I was on the first same. one, but I still think that there was really a lot of talent on display here, especially Derek Barry falling on, in that the pile was, of pink yes. slime. Derek Barry getting slimed. So the react I mean, the reaction to Derek Barry slime also was like she would have been right at the top if you're taking RuPaul's yes. into account. And then the oh, slipping, it was, yes. she won the episode for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So more Derek Barry on TV, please. Um, so then it came time for the queens to rank each other and everybody played, quote unquote, fair until we got to plain jane who exposed that she would subvert the voting and ranked the worst queens at the top so she placed well worst in her opinion i will say because she placed plasma and maya in the top which i don't agree that maya was up there as the worst i that was shock well we know that she seemed to think Megami was the worst. So why would she not place, if yeah, that's her that's strategy, why I, would she not place Megami? Right. That's what I was saying. Which also Megami is like, I, I mean, I, I didn't have a huge issue with Megami's. I just think that it was, like, I get the intent. You you, you understand what she's doing. But I don't know, as the talent show, it kind of reminded me of like when Nina West did the, um, after she got eliminated for doing the outfits for the trans pride yes. stuff, where it was like, she she was like, you know, I appreciate or I, I did this for the sentiment and I, you know, I'm glad that I got to represent this. Like, yes, we hear you fully, but stacked up to some other things in the talent show. I'm not sure that it in context was of being a talent show, specifically in the context of being a talent show. Um, I can understand why someone like Plain Jane would have taken issue with that. But God, I, I just I, wish okay. she had run like if she had run up, if Megami had run up on stage with that same sign at the end of Plain Jane's. Now that's drag for me. <laughs> I would have loved it. Oh, that would have been so funny. Yes. But I mean, like, you know, I, I don't think that Megami did a bad job. But it was surprising to me, though, that, like I said, that uh, Plain Jane put Maya at number two. That was as being the worst. But um, so uh, she then put like her favorites like Geneva and Nymphia at the bottom. But plain Jane said in my earlier interview, the group interview with the cast that she voted extremely fairly and claimed that she didn't go back on her word. 
to vote by merit at all. But as we see, she definitely did. So do we think the rankings of this episode were more strategic? And do you think that this will come back to bite certain people in the ass later? So you're saying that plain Jane lied to you the same way she lied to her sisters in the I think that I could definitely sense in the moment that she was not being truthful. Mm. Um, And I think (laughs) given the reaction of her sisters in the room as well, they also were like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. Like Plain Jane has that thing where she, when she's talking and you, and you don't realize until halfway through her sentence that you realize she's like totally just ha- engaged in a bit. Yeah. So I think that's what it was like with the calorie carb dash. Oh God. Yes. Um, no, but I am <laughs> I really, I am really looking forward to them all meeting each other next week and then finding out how they oh, rate yes. each other and getting deeply offended more than they really should and especially because especially because this did not result in elimination but i think that they still will take it very personally i don't how do you think they're going to reveal it to them do you think they'll actually have it like on or do you think they'll just i think it's just i think why even do this if it's not going to stir up any kind of conversation like what would the point really be unless it was to put them in the bottom and we'll also finally see what future challenge rules how those stack up because there's two people with immunity yes so we'll see how that um how that plays out too and if they yeah i'm very curious about that same so in the end plain and geneva emerged as the top two and they lip sync to shower by becky g i personally loved this performance jillian you did not Uh, jillian and i also have differing thoughts on this but i think plain jane had a as i said before like it it, my initial reaction was like this is perfect drag race contestant like shady rotted mess strategic totally coming in and like setting fire to the whole rate queen merit i thought it was so fun I also think that morphine was like really fun and playful last week too. And I, I, I think that plane was just serving rotted in a fun way. And, um, but anyone who comes from morphine, but is okay with what plane was doing, like doesn't understand drag. And I, I really wanted everybody to watch this video. And I also reference it in our interview with Kennedy coming up, but there's a queen from Chicago named Miss Toto who, um, it, she's a, a friend of morphine she posted online this week like she invokes paris is burning and 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 really lays into anyone who doesn't understand reading and shade as playful and integral to this art form and she talks a lot about exposing yourself as someone who hasn't been in a drag green room if you're offended by the things that the girls are saying now kennedy coming up also has some very interesting points on this that make you think about that statement even a little bit differently but jillian i i do want to hear why maybe you did not maybe appreciate this lip sync with plain Jane, which does see her after she uh, comes out in this very amazing, like sort of Russian ice princess costume on the runway. She on the runway revealed down to this like little like red glitter Jersey, these booty shorts, long blonde platinum hair and her burger finger um, little mitten hand. So, and then in the lip sync, <laughs> Her little boob just popped out the whole time and she was like dancing around like she didn't know it was out. And I thought that it was I I thought it was really funny. But Jillian, I'll, I'll give you the floor as to why you do not like this lip sync. 
All right. So, okay. I think that if her talent show had been different or her lip sync had been different or her runway had been different, I might feel differently. I think it was a combo of this is everything we're getting from her on this one episode playing into this just ginormous oversized breastplate and really playing up the type of woman with her boobs out, all the comedy. It's like Jenny McCarthy era of um, singled out. Like when she would, this is exactly something she would actually do back then. That would have fit in for the spring break MTV talent show. Um, Like just playing up that kind of woman, something about the combo of the two and not really knowing, I guess, what the joke was meant to be in her talent show. Only a few times have I had this feeling, and I'm not, I do not want to accuse her of doing this. It's just, it evoked this feeling for me that I've only had a couple of times on the show. I think I did have it once with Jimbo. I definitely had had it once with Yara Sophia. So it's something, I guess, about the combo of giant breastplates, but not always. That, um, I don't know. It leads me to this feeling of like, okay, is the is the thing being joked about right now just mocking like this idea of a woman? Like not turning it on its head to me, but just like the joke is a woman's boobs bouncing around doing whatever to a boob. And I don't know, just like like the a body being this type of body being comedy that I don't know, I guess to me it's like something is missing there and it just like made me feel a little bit strange. And I don't know, that was my immediate takeaway from watching the episode the first time. And I don't know. So I'm like, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, I don't know if I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt of like not copying Jimbo or taking like that because I don't know like what her performance style was like before the show but um I don't know that was my takeaway that I was kind of like what like is this her only contribution to like is her drag just this over exaggerated female body of this type and to me I need more and I just didn't like I don't know that quite that question in my head I guess Um, and I think that combined with the reading and, but not reading people to their faces, like I said before, it's reading them like in the confessional and then kind of backtracking when you're in person that, I don't know, that combo of things definitely had a cloud over the episode to me and plain Jane specifically. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, I am not here to take away your feeling. I don't think that, you know, I would never tell you that you're not allowed to have that feeling. I think that you should express your your feelings on that. I just saw it differently. I, I think that <clears throat> I saw it as a very sort of smart subversion of the sort of uh, bimbo trope that we see all the time. And I, th- I think that it was very a very smart satire of the kind of overly sexual kind of performance that we see a lot of people doing drag do in a very earnest straightforward way and i think that in making a a comedic comment on the essence of sexuality and not necessarily just the body because i don't think that's what she was doing i think that she um 
was sort of just in the same way that somebody very straightforward um like who's who's another performer that just like sort of oozes sex appeal on drag race and just plays it very earnestly not nobody's like sort of coming immediately to mind well like jade Um, essence hall always used a pretty large breastplate mm, to play a type of woman but i never was like oh is she mocking a body or something i was like oh this is the type of woman that she is encapsulating yeah but i think you have to think of it as if, if that person is then sort of just like feeling their oats as Scarlet Envy would say. And I don't think I, Jada wasn't somebody that would, that would have come to my mind with that, but like somebody feeling their oats in that scenario and like rubbing all up on themselves and giving like a very sexual performance. That is almost like, I don't know. I think that what Plain is doing is sort of just making a comment on the absurdity of that being like an earnest well i shouldn't say absurdity it's like a satire of drag itself it's it's she is completely just saying look at how absurd this is at what i am doing as an art form verse and like not taking it seriously as like a an ex for her i think she's saying it's not that serious i'm a drag queen this is what i do i'm gonna make you laugh poking fun at the sort of earnest sexuality that a lot of other people who earnestly do drag do in sexual pop numbers that plain Jane, I don't think would ever perform to like a Becky G song like that. So like when her boobs started coming out and she then started like playing around, like she didn't realize it was out and it's just like somebody else might do a reveal down to like just a little nipple covering and like play that off as serious overt sexuality whereas plain jane is like oh no look it can also be fun and funny like sec- like it's an accident and you're not laughing at the fact that this person has like i i certainly am not sitting there being like oh ho, ho, like boobs are f- boobs are funny like it's goes back to why this art form i think works so well in the first place is uh it it it's because because then it starts getting into the territory of like what certain people are saying that drag inherently is just like anti-woman because it's yeah no and that's quote, definitely unquote, female impersonation and i'm just like that's not I, I, th- I think if you take issue with what plain jane is doing in that sense to me it kind of then begs the question well like the art form in general do you have an issue with and I'm not saying you, I, I I know you don't have an issue with the art form in general. I think that you have articulated very well, like the difference in how you see some of the other performances versus this. But I'm also like, I guess the performance, then I would ask Safira, why, why were you, was Safira so yeah. funny? And then this is not. No, that's a really, that's a really good point and a fair question. And it's something I've been contemplating a lot, honestly, because yeah. I think like hearing you explain everything is all very smart. And I agree. I think it's, What's missing to me is, I guess, the actual satire of it and what she was subverting. I didn't quite see in Plain Jane's. And I think it was also a matter of her having that same kind of look every time we saw her in this episode. I think it would have been very different to me the way with Safira's. Like, we, like, that was, like I said, like one of the funniest, like, breastplate moments on the show to me. And I think that was because that was like, I don't know, just like it was all it was also kind of mocking her. It was also kind of mocking herself. Like she had been called out for having these crazy tiny breastplate, really like used it. Like it looked ridiculous. It wasn't just a bouncy, a regular bouncy boob trying to look ridiculous. It was just like it was like a rubber band. And so that to me was so absurd. 
that it was hilarious. And I think it was an accident, genuine accident yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. I just, and I mean, you know, like I am really want to, it's not like I'm like playing Jane as my villain of the season over this now. And I'm not going to like, I'm going to judge her for this. I am very interested to see what she brings in the future. I think it's just, I don't know. Like I needed it to be, slightly more clowny in that case like i never fully knew and maybe this is what i'm saying like oh so you needed her to mock the female form more jillian no, no. i need her to <laughs> be in a slightly i don't know like jimbo to me is clownier about it so yeah i never like had that feeling long term um i don't know because it does get into shaky territory of like who is allowed like if a um if a trans queen, a trans man or a trans woman did that same thing and like then I would be like, okay, I can see the satire and I could see the subverting the norms and what the expectations are and also making a statement about their own body with the way that they're like leaning into the quote unquote like typical like woman bimbo body. I like that yeah. makes sense to me as an like a statement. Um, I don't know, just something, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I would very much want to see what she brings next. Just, I was not feeling this combo of performances, I guess. And then on top yeah. of, um, my feelings about her critiques and reading of the sisters just being not quite what I wanted it to be. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's, we'll see how she fares um, coming up. Cause like I said, I think that her and morphine and tsunami and a mandatory meeting all meeting together yes. is going to be very fun. <laughs> and it's going to give us like that, you know, normally I split premiere. I'm like, I'm like, let's just get to it. But this I think has kind of built some really fun tension. Cause we see like how these two groups are on their own and the sort of drama that has at least come from the plain Jane episode. And then also people talking about like the hilarity of like the mandatory meeting and the mirage and the, uh, like all of these different talents and personalities. It's built like a really interesting tension to see the, want to see them all come together and how they're going to react to each other. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it did give me vibes of last season when we saw like, you know, how is the one group going to, um, interact when they meet sugar and spice and that that kind of um, yeah. same tension i do like the way that that builds and what is the drama gonna be like when you don't have i don't know i really like what is plain jane's reaction gonna be to the next group and what is their reaction gonna be to her because even on the next time you see some of them somebody does call her out as they did not think she should have won the talent show which is really interesting so i am looking forward to that very much yeah, can't wait to see how this turns out. <laughs> yes. uh, well, that is it for our recap. Make sure you have your black stockings and white shoes on. Uh, stay tuned for our interview with Maya Iman LePage's mother, Kennedy Davenport, ahead. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast, where we're on our knees thanking the drag gods above for blessing us with our next guest presence, hot off of Binge Queens and also Drag Race Live in Vegas. Although I have to say she might curse me because I am very much on purpose. Kennedy, I have to show you what I'm wearing today. <laughs> black stockings, black stockings and white shoes for our uh, chat today. Oh my God. Um, well, at least but- you look cute. <laughs> well, thank you, Kennedy. I, I thought this would be triggering for you. I was tr- I have to admit, I was trolling, trying to trigger you with this. But do you have anything to say, I guess, or, or to sing to me as I wear black stockings and white shoes in this church right now? Shouldn't be allowed in the church. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is my dream to have you sing that to me in person. Now I can check that off the bucket list. Thank you so much, Kennedy, for humoring me there. <laughs> you just made Joey's life. Uh, but thank you, Truly. Kennedy, for being here. We're so excited to have you and talk about this episode. You are, of course, a Drag Race royalty, an icon, and also the mother of season 16's Maya Amon LePage. You must be so proud after watching her on this first episode, another child extending your legacy in Drag Race. How did it feel seeing her on TV? And do you remember when she told you she was going to be on the show for the first time and your reaction? Well, I was kind of shocked because she did not tell me she was (gasps) on the show. Yeah, I have very... (laughs) Yes, like this generation of children, honey, they like to do stuff on their own. And, you know, so when I found out, I was like, well, okay. <laughs> Please tell me you did not just find out when the cast was revealed. That's when I found out. Oh my God! <laughs> what did you do? Maya was scared of that NDA. Yeah. Oh my did she God. Get a phone call okay. from Mama? Like she like I didn't I was like, well, congratulations. <laughs> uh I tell it to anybody that um that uh, makes the show that's a part of my family. I te- pretty much tell it, them the same thing, like Akira and Raja and, you know, people that I'm close to as part of the family. Um, I just let them know if y'all need anything, um, you know, you know, let me know I'm here. Um, all of that. So, um, I try to be uh, as helpful as I can because I know how it is. I know how stressful it can be. And, you know, I just try to be at their disposal if they need me. So do you have any funny stories of of raising her on the drag circuit? And can you tell us a little bit about your, your background with Maya? Well, um, I didn't like this is how she became my daughter, because I kind of just like swooped her up and made her my daughter. (laughs) Um, When I first moved to Florida, it was I mean, it was really hard, (laughs) but I made my way and I and I started gaining the, you know, the respect I deserve as an entertainer within the community because I was in the Navy. That's how I got to the um, to Florida. And when I got out of the Navy, I started doing drag full time. So. So that was that was a kind of a rough spot in my career because girl a girl was on a hustle, honey. (laughs) So um, yeah. So I pretty much was like the only one that was going out there really like dancing and carrying on. You know, Um, I hadn't Maya hadn't uh, wasn't doing drag yet when I first got there, and um, I think one one night we. 
we um, were at a club where, you know, that's one of the clubs um, called the Coliseum in Fort Lauderdale. And I saw, I'm, we, you know, we here on the stage stuff. I saw this little queen just flipping. And I was like, who is this little queen, hun? You know, anybody that's coming out that's dancing and stuff, they automatically like either try to put us against each other or uh, <laughs> try to compare because by this time I'm the I'm the leading lady in Florida that's like that's really dancing and doing mm-hmm. the thing. So later on I found out um who she was, but during this time, it was it was probably like around the time for me to transition back to Dallas. So she kind of she kind of just came into the family like I kind of took her from her mom. You know, I kind of like, oh, y'all gonna have to share this one because it's my daughter because she just started taking over Florida, you know. Uh So it was just I think it was just um an organic connection that that we have that I've just made her I made her my daughter because she almost like took over in a sense. So you approached her when you saw her. So so she was you saw her in drag when she was doing the flips and stuff. So you approached her and said, Will you be my daughter? No, I don't ask nobody. I'll just tell them. <laughs> you just walked up to her and said, you're my daughter now? <laughs> yeah, that was the first time I saw her. We didn't get to connect or anything then, but I didn't I didn't really get to connect with her until after I moved to Dallas and started coming back to Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Yeah. So then you just, you just scooped her up. Yeah, pretty much. Because, I mean, it just fit. You know, when, when, when you have somebody like Maya, who keeps the legacy of drag dance alive, I, you just kind of, I just kind of make my way into her, her life, their lives for whatever reason, like whatever, you know, she may need me for, for advice and, you know, parenting goes further than just, you know, what you may see on the outside. And, and I take family very serious. She also is carrying the Iman name uh, in, I believe Tamisha is her grandmother. Do you, did you speak with Tamisha? Do you know if Tamisha got a call that she was going to be on the show? I don't think nobody got a call. You know, they kind of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she have a, like, because, uh, you know, back in the day when, when we were first getting started um, and we took on, we immediately took on the names of our drag parents Um. That was a thing, but now that you know, I now in these day and time, if I have a child that's already established their name, I don't ask them to add on Davenport or change it or anything because mm-hmm. the last names she has right now are legendary names as well. So you know, Iman and LePage, we all related. Her grandmother, Tamisha, and her grandmother, Victoria LePage, both of them are my mother's sisters. Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's such an extensive family. And I I am just, I guess it, it's this next question, it somewhat makes sense with what you just told us. Um, because I noticed in both of my interviews with Maya so far, as energetic and, and as amazing as she is as a performer, she is so 
quiet and soft-spoken in other settings. I mean, she seemed to be a bit quieter on the set of the show, too. I mean, when Rue was talking to her on the runway, she seemed very understated in terms of her, uh, the way that she was communicating. So, is that what she is sort of like in the family? And has she always been sort of quiet and reserved among the drag family? I think she's, I mean, I think that's just in her nature. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty, like... I'm, I won't say I'm quiet, but when it when <laughs> like I'm a quiet before the storm type of person too. Like when it's mm-hmm. when I'm I'm at a booking, I'm very quiet and reserved. And it was like, wow, I didn't think, I didn't expect that from the way, uh, from how you was backstage, you know. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think she's just always been quiet unless you get a fool with some liquor. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good quality, though, because you too. never know what to expect, you know, and and she she's she's full of energy um, more so than myself. honey. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I'm, it's almost time to retire these legs. Baby. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I don't even want to think about <laughs> no. that day. The Kennedy retirement era. No, oh my God. that can't be upon us. <laughs> she She did, though. She told me. Uh, when we did our one-on-one interviews last year, she she told me that she felt that she would carry the Tamisha Iman legacy on Untucked very proudly. She answered very quickly. And the other queen said, when we did our group interview, that she is sort of a silent killer with words. Like, she'll just mutter the most rotted thing you can think of under her breath. <laughs> so, can you confirm, like, what's the most rotted thing she's ever said to you about a, another drag queen? Um, well, I, you, you, I mean, you're from Miami. I mean, <laughs> I mean, she's from Miami, so <laughs> you have to be ready at all times. Uh, I haven't been around her like that for, um, uh, for us to be reading another queen, but I do know what she's capable of doing, honey. <laughs> well, how do you think she'll fare on Untucked? Do you think that the other queens were, you know, accurate in their assessment that, that she is, um, a force to be reckoned with in Untucked? I, I really think they underestimated her with the how they voted. Um, yes. I think she is very underestimated and I'm and I'm very I'm looking forward to how the season unfolds because and and I that was my thing too because like season 7 on my season I can remember the producer telling me that I they needed some more material from me this was like in the middle of us filming and that is that first timers filmer syndrome where yeah. you don't know and like you don't know that you need to be present on camera. You don't know that you need to be interacting at all times. Those things you don't know if you've never been on television before. So um, that was my worry when I was watching like, oh my God, she's not really saying much or she's like, she's not really doing any, doing much confessionals and stuff. But I still think, you know, um, I still think that um, the her group of girls um, are underestimating her. So speaking of queens saying rotted things about other queens, some fans we've heard last week and this week with Morphine and Plain Jane reading the other queens, being really shady in the workroom and in confessionals. As someone who knows this industry so well, how do you feel about people, fans who are cheering on the shading and reading, and also the fans who are taking issue with it? Like, do you think that 
people that fans are truly getting too sensitive and calling these out? Or is it opening the floodgates for fans to also be extra shady now that we are in the social media era where everybody gets to comment? Like people have to understand, like, I don't think like contestants, of course, they don't know until they actually see themselves and see what they are saying and what they are doing. They don't realize that their words have power. And it affects the people around them. And we've all, you know, I've been through it. A lot of the drag race uh, community has has been through it. Um, and it's sad because the editors are put where the, things, what they want, where they want to be. They are cut stuff to make it seem shady. And they, and they may not be that type of person. Because I immediately stopped liking playing Jane. Um um, just by the things that she was saying, you know what I'm saying? She seemed a bit cocky to me. And um, I was a bit like taken back, like, girl, I mean, she really like um, Akira is here with me. And we were both like, oh, oh that's that's violent. Hands down. Like <laughs> it was very it was very that that kind of moment. Like she mm-hmm. is really feeling herself like, what's the tea? You know, but again, it's a TV show. So, you know, we have to embrace all um, characters in this fairy tale, you know. So until we get to uh, really get to know who these people are. Can you speak on that a little bit more about what you see as the difference in what Plain Jane was doing? And you mentioned Violet versus... uh, maybe what Bianca Del Rio was doing or some other people who famously read their sisters. Like where's the line for you? I think it's just how it's received um, because the reading is all still the same. But in, 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 in that case, like I was doing read, I was reading too, but the people gravitated to more to what I had to say and wasn't even listening to fame or, um, even um, Trixie, um, Violet, all of us was reading, but yeah. I got it the hardest. Right, you know what I'm saying? And I, mm-hmm. and sadly, I think it was just because of the color of my skin. Yeah, but when it comes to um, a read, is a read. It don't matter where it comes from, and I think it's just how it's received. And Bianca's mm-hmm. reads were so fast, and do, you know she's a natural comedian versus me just reading because you know somebody getting on my nerves, you know. Yeah. But you know, I think it was <laughs> maybe have I'm just I'm just you know thinking outside of the box here. Then maybe because she's a comedian, it was her delivery that probably made it different from a read that, uh, from Violet or a read from Plain Jane. And it just seems more so as a, a little bit overconfident in a sense. Um, hmm. Not so much from Bianca, but from them, it just seemed like they just a little bit cocky and, you know, girl, you just got her. Why are you doing mm-hmm. all that? <laughs> well, there is, there's a queen. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the queen from Chicago, Miss Toto. Um, she posted a video over the weekend and she was like, it, you know, this is like, 
if, if you've never been in a green room and listened to like, this is the kind of conversation that goes on in the green room, like the Queens sort of reading each other mm-hmm. like this. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and I did, I think it was, it's, I'm glad that you pointed out that there is, there does seem to be a difference between, um, Queens of color when they are sort of laughing and kikiing and doing the reading versus white Queens when they mm-hmm. do it. I do think that we have historically seen a difference in reaction there. Um, but do you think that, uh, let, like, let's say what uh, morphine, obviously morphine, I think was a little bit more, uh, it, it was nowhere near as much as what plain Jane was saying on this episode. But do you think that what plain Jane was saying is sort of in line with what you've heard in green rooms and backstage at shows? The face to face reads. Yes, but not the confessionals. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And morphine is family too. So she was raised, you know, she was raised like around that circle of Miami, Florida type um, drag and the the banter in the back and things like that. But the thing the thing is, and the big difference is I know these queens that I'm reading. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When those mm-hmm. type of reads go on, we know each other. So we can cut the we can cutthroat. We can we can we can cast shade and be real funny and it be okay. You don't know me like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, you know, it's kind of like, wait, okay, I gotta adjust. You know, you have to adjust to a person's personality, and that can be that can be hard to do. Like people had to really learn who Kennedy Davenport was after um, season seven and to see me on All Stars and to actually interact with me to see that, oh, that bitch just playing or, you know, that's just how she is, you know, and she's just country as hell. That's why she talks slow and all of that. You know what I'm saying? So my humor may be a bit dry, but I'm funny as fuck. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) it's interesting to hear it from some, you know, all these different sides from people who are actually in the industry versus just people who are watching it on TV. Cause I don't know what it says about me, but I was like, I thought plain Jane was hilarious. I thought, um, morphine and tsunami, even tsunami's little read last, um, week about like the TikTok people. Like, and also we have to, we can't forget like someone like mistress or even candy muse last year. Like I always live for like the yeah. shady Queens. I think that it's great. I think it's funny, but it is interesting to hear, um, you know, from people who are, uh, observing it and can relate it to actual experience inside the industry too, because I'm just coming at it from, I guess, like, you know, watching it on TV and thinking that it's Well, if we need more people like you that, that can take it like that versus like taking it personal, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, for, as a viewer, I just, I mean, her reads was just a little bit more pointed, like she, was given like, Oh, I'm better than them. It where it was like everybody else, I didn't take it that way. You know what I'm saying? And it that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It's just, oh, we just see who she, you know, oh, we see w- w- what she playing now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think it still may all mesh well together um, eventually. But being that this is season 16 and everybody trying to, you know, <laughs> get their name out there and get some stuff going. <laughs> it's probably gonna be a lot more shade than we with than than we want. Yeah. Well, and I was gonna say this is only episode. Uh, this is Plain Jane's first episode, so I mean, I think right. uh, you know, 
it's only the first one and this there's this much conversation around it but i do want to uh move on to the the talent show mm-hmm. um who, who was your favorite performance of the night like how did you feel about the numbers um and what the queens did and who was also your least favorite <sighs> are we talking about uh <laughs> um the um the talent show that maya participated in on this yeah, episode yeah on this episode. yeah yeah i know what you're talking about <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, could we start with Maya? Because it seemed like she really was. I mean, it seemed like it was almost the exact same move that you did in the All Star All Stars talent mm-hmm. show, where you flipped onto the yeah. box, and there was several. Mm-hmm. It seemed like and the split finishing in a split, yes, like complete tributes to you. So, how did you feel about about her performance? I guess to start, um, I think she did a very. I think she did a very good job. And I was like, I'm a I'm a trendsetter, and I've gone before these queens. Like I've been doing drag since 1996, and I do have signature moves. And um, to see someone else take what I do and put their own spin on it, it's a humbling experience for me. So I enjoyed her. I'm very critical. So especially when it comes to um, the art form of drag dance, but I don't know how they may have edited it. She could have been connected more with her moves. But other than that, I mean, I, I enjoyed the fact that she made she took a spin on something that has that has been around long before I thought about doing drag and made it her own. Um, what's the banana queen name? Nymphia. <laughs> okay, because she made a comment that kind of, I, I kind of, because when she was voting, she said that it's been uh, that it's been done. Nobody do what Maya has done. Let's make that clear. Because drag dance is so like the moves are so much of the same. It's important that you have your own style and uh, how you um, deliver the moves. And Maya is good at that. So I took offense to that, but. Um, I just, I was underwhelmed. I mean, you know, and I can't, I, I, I look at things, um, with no expectations. Um, I appreciate everybody and their contributions when it comes to female impersonation, but it's just, I mean, the talent show wasn't good t- to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, you know. It what it is what it, it is what it is, and they are their own person and all of that. But I wasn't enthused. Do you? I think you know Jillian and I have been talking about this a lot lately about sort of patterns that we're noticing in the talent show performances. And I can even mm. even thinking back to like All Stars three, I feel like there was a lot of variety in terms of what was being presented for the talent show. Um, And now it does sort of seem like every talent show is with the exception of people like, I think maybe Safira uh, uh, last week Mm -hmm. and um, you know, like Jimbo doing something like with the ice cream uh, on uh, all stars. It just, it seems like there's uh, a pattern of lip sync and dance as the numbers. So um, I'm wondering how you feel about that approach to the talent shows, or do you think that, um, cause I think I heard Alaska say on race chaser that that's sort of just like par for the course, like that's what drag Queens do. So do you think there should be something else uh, required for the talent show versus lip syncing to a dance number? 
Um, I mean, it is a talent. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you have to, I agree. You yeah. have to be able to emote a song, and that takes talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because every every drag queen, every drag queen's not every drag queen's not talented. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can you can you tell oh, us a little bit more it. about what it was specifically that left you underwhelmed? Was it the variety? Was it not getting to to know enough about the queens, or just the numbers themselves? Were just I not think it was just the numbers, like people was choosing to do. You know, with all due respect to them, and you know, it was nothing memorable. Like, like I appreciate like. Well, we're not. Well, the, the the first week I appreciated the opera, um, but I even then, as a vocalist, I wanted her to slow her vibrato down a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we gotta get Coach Kennedy in here. I had to, to laugh at myself, but um, I mean. <laughs> The originality of the of the originality from Mirage because nobody do what she does. Nobody does what she does. <gasps> nobody so can do so what she does. I'm sorry. Like I've mm-hmm. I've been to the shows here in Vegas to watch her, and I've tipped her the most money because I wish mm-hmm. like I wish somebody would try to do. They will break their neck with the with the platforms <laughs> on. You know what I'm saying? And their ankles, yes. Um I appreciated um the originality from I think last week's group was stronger than um this past um episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I'm I respect I respect them. So I don't want to keep reading their talents and stuff because I just want to see what more they can do. You know, so I mean, on All Stars three, I think you you did famously champion for like fair vote. Um, uh, every time there was sort of um a vote in in the situation. So how did you feel about this? Is another thing that I just thought was hilarious that Plain Jane went in here and was just like, I'm gonna do the exact opposite of what everybody else is going to do. I'm going to tell them I'm voting one way, but then I'm going to actually put who I think was the worst at the top and then rank them from like essentially worst to best. Um, so how did you feel about that strategy? Um, and she even, cause she even also put Maya in the second spot. She's a mess. Miss <laughs> plain Jane is a mess. And that's, and that's, that was my whole point. Like it's, it's a <laughs> difference in being shady and, you know, throwing a little, you know, a little nugget here and there, a read here and there, but no, she is being, she, that was shady as fuck. <laughs> well, it also looked like w- yeah. when you saw playing James face during the performance, <laughs> it looked like Maya was one of the very few that she was actually living for. Like she looked like she was like really into Maya's flipping. And so then that's why I was a little surprised that she gave her such a low rating and, and used that excuse. Girl, they probably just put a plain Jane face right there at that time. It could have been an edit, honey. Mm, Yeah. But it was, but I think, again, the first group, they were more fair than the other girls um, this past week. So um, 
I like I said, we shall see. But you know, plain Jane was being a mess. We all know she was being a mess. But she <laughs> should be live for the mess. She, she she should be she should be careful um, because it could backfire on her ass. That's true. I, I, I'm sorry. I have to apologize for living for mess. I love mess. I thought that it was hilarious. So who would you, if Kennedy had to rank as uh, the number one slot, who would Kennedy put at number one? Number one. Yeah, for this week. You know what? I really enjoy Geneva. Me too. Um, and I say that because she 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 is the perfect example of new and old mixed together. Like you can tell oh, yeah. she's been taught by the you know, she's been she has seen some good examples of drag. And it just seemed like she was the um, the cleanest. You know, like from her mm-hmm. runway to um, to her talent, I think she was just consistent across the board more so than any other other of the girls. And she showed a little bit more variety. Like, um, and I keep looking over here because I gotta remember who these girls is. Shit, <laughs> Kennedy has her notes. That's right. I do. <laughs> Y'all know I'm bad with names and shit. Um, <laughs> What y'all said the and like for okay Hershey, um, oh I thought Hershey's was funny too, huh? I thought Hershey's was really funny too actually. Um, I didn't get to I didn't see hers I didn't see her talent, but I I know I didn't like her runway. The, the war, <laughs> oh you didn't like Hershey's runway? Hershey she wore that chocolate. Yeah. No, yeah. I did not like that. Oh. <gasps> Oh no! <laughs> no, I did not like that. That and it was too plain Jane. She didn't have nobody on, and if she did, she needed to put some more on. You know, she needed a silhouette. That's like a cigarette dress. You know, well, uh, like with a pencil skirt. She needed like yeah. you know, and um, uh, Michelle said something about that him at the bottom. It was ridiculous. Yeah, but like no, not for the runway. And okay. I understand playing, you know, off of your name or whatever she was trying to do. I understand and I get it. But some colors don't belong on your body. <laughs> oh, my God. And she is she's too dark for that color. So where is like you want things to complement you. You know, you want thing, garments and things like that to complement you. Like if she would have did a different color to like. You know, if she did like something on the top, a different color on the top and did chocolate in the middle and did, a, you know, something to mm. break all this yeah. darkness, you know. Mm. But, um, yeah, I like I think I like Geneva just because she was a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Well, how I, I did like that they when Hershey was saying that. It, she said it's chocolate and then they played the little horn from two seasons ago i thought that was hilarious but um uh, I, did you have a favorite overall runway like i know you said you like geneva the best for talent but um who is your favorite runway and also this immunity twist i'm interested to hear your twi- your thoughts about immunity coming back as well well um I feel I'm, you know, I feel uh, cheated because there was no immunity my season. Fucking right. bitches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So uh, congratulations, girls, on bring on the the season where you get immunity. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't remember the uh, runways, and that's the sad part. You know, I, I'm looking for stuff to be memorable, you know, and mm-hmm. everything was so plain and basic, especially if it's a, and it's supposed to be a reveal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember Geneva's, but what, 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 what she revealed into was just so plain and, uh, Hola Mexicana, girl. I mean, if there was no why factor, this is a runway. Um, I definitely didn't like my daughter's runway. Um, oh no, I didn't, and um, because I because if it's a if it's a reveal, I know she got better clothes than what she presented. I do. And know she that she kind of said that herself and untucked that she felt like she she said I'm going to show you some better looks. This wasn't my favorite. Yeah. See, case in point, and I didn't and I didn't watch untucked. So I know, cause I know, I know what she, what she is capable of doing. Uh, and I'm just underwhelmed with the reveals. Like, yeah, it was just, I was like, what is this giving? Like, Hobby, what? <laughs> I love Kenny. I, I, I need your review every single week. Of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please, please join as our, as our official recapper. This is a great. Every single week, Kennedy, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Any any other any other final thoughts about this this episode before we uh, move into some other other territory with you? No, I just I mean, this group of girls should have been mixed in with the group of girls before. Like, yeah, yeah, because you mean in, not do a split premiere, or you just think the the team they should have been, been mixed better. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should have been mixed a little better, but mm-mm. any predictions for what's going to happen next week when everyone meets each other? Is it gonna? Do you think the ratings are gonna bite each other when they find out how they rated? Um. Oh, you're talking about as far as how they ranked the rated yeah, queen, yeah. yeah, or any other? Like, I don't know. How do you see once these two groups come together? Do you foresee personality clashes, or who do you think is gonna? What do you think? I, I mean, it's still fresh and new. So um, I, it may be the battle of personalities, but um, then again, it may not be. You know, um, I think um, this group of these group of ladies um, are, are observers and, you know, and probably observers and listeners. And I hope they are, you know, before they are to think before speaking and reacting um, so they can really get a chance to learn each other. And that's just a, a, a fair comment um, concerning um, this show when, and things that I've learned, you know, because I didn't do that for my season of season seven. Um, and I was so quick to judge and so quick to have something to say about it. And it definitely, that's definitely not the way um, when you are put in a room with some people that you do not know. Interesting. 
So we do want to move into some some other questions we have for you about your your own career. Um, one mm-hmm. is we spoke with you previously for this podcast, you and uh, Ben De La Creme about All Stars Three, which is just you had one of my favorite performances in history in the Bitchler cut on there. Um, but Trixie yes. and you had both spoken to us about kind of the the relationship you had after that finale, and she recently on her podcast with Katya, the Bald and the Beautiful, said that she texted you several times a year now and she also made a public plea that next time you're in LA she really wants you to guest on the podcast um mm-hmm. is that true that you guys are it sounds like you're in a good place that you're texting all the time now and and what does this mean yeah we are we are in a much better place than we were before and I think it was um to be fair it was more it was more from me um that uh we wasn't speaking and I just wasn't going to let another year go by, you know, in my feelings about it, you know. So I I was the first person to, like, break that ice and just text her and, you know, and to really just express to her how I felt in that moment, you know. Because um, <clears throat> I just, to be fair, so I don't know if y'all know exactly what had happened, but um, I just really felt betrayed because I'm when 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 you when I call you my sister you are my sister for real and after the season we became very very to, to for me we became very close closer than we were in season seven all stars three before we saw the show we became very close and we talked every day like you know, and I appreciated and I cherished those moments that we shared. And I really felt like she was my, you know, that was my bitch, you know. And to 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 hear things, to hear what she had to say about me on All Stars 3 when we, you know, when we finally got to see it was a bit hurtful. You know, because I mean, you could at least warn the bitch, and, that, and I, it's the same story, and it, it'll never change. I just feel like when we we have those moments, the the least you could do is be like, "Bitch, now I just letting you know I read you in the confessionals, so get ready." You know, um, and it, it it was a it was a hurtful moment for me, and and it hurt me to the point to where it angered me because it was like you just couldn't find nothing else to talk about. Or you just, I mean, I was the only queen that, you know, that that you that you wanted to target at the time. So it was just a moment where I just like, girl, just stay out my face because then I just felt like she was fake. And like everything that we established was fake. And I don't I don't do well with fake people because I'm not a fake person. So yeah, I wanted to fight her. Um <laughs> real bad. Real, real, real bad. <laughs> And so um, I just said, and I text her, and I said, the best thing for you to do is to just stay out of my face. And and I just want you to just do that, just stay out of my face, because I just felt that she was fake. And um, so I held on to that, and I don't hold on to things. Like, I mean, I let it go, and I was like, oh, girl, I don't do her, and things like that. But um, I really held on to that because I just felt a sense of betrayal. And 
And it was recent. Like, I was like, I'm just going to text her and just be done with it. And, you know, and I split and I expressed to her again, you know, the reasoning and stuff. And and we she was uh, super cool about it. She understood. And from then it just like where we left off. And we, you know, I text, I check in with her. I performed at a club a couple of times. And um, I told her she better, I told her I was going to beat her up if she didn't make a room out of, uh, if she didn't didn't name one of them motel rooms after me, I was going to come beat her up, honey. Nah. The Kennedy Davenport suite. Okay, yes. Right. Okay. But um I I love her and um and Katya too. Um so yeah, it is it's true. We are I mean, we are on good terms and oh, that's so great. Once once it's once it's done and it's over with, it's done and it's over with, with me. So love to hear that. Yes. Um, on the that same episode where they called for you to be on it, Katya was also giving you a lot of love and said that fans like to rewrite history and give her more credit in your season seven lip sync, but she was adamant that you beat her and it was her time to go. Do you still hear, we know how rabid that fan base is. Do you still hear from the fans over this? And was that ever a point of contention about, like, as you said earlier, fans are going after queens of color in a way that they're not going after white queens. Did you have that experience after that lip sync? Um, <clears throat> no. Um, I, after after the episode where we lip synced against each other, I, it was some negative. I had a little backlash, but no, they know they know she lost. <laughs> okay. <laughs> even even if they was mad that I sent her home and all that, you know, oh, you shouldn't have sent Kati home and all that kind of stuff. But uh, ultimately. It, it was more good than bad, you know, okay. and the bad immediately like disappeared. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, the, 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 you know, defeat is defeat, honey. And you have to be a smart cookie <laughs> uh, to uh, beat me on that on the lip sync. So because Trixie didn't even beat me on the lip sync. So. <laughs> Well, there's there's another moment that I've been wanting to ask you about. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, but actually, maybe you haven't. Um, uh, Miley Cyrus defending you on a podcast interview with Joe Rogan a few years back. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I saw it, and Uh I talked to Miley Cyrus. Um, uh, uh, Well, not so much as talk to her. We, um, you know, I talked to her um, on social media, and Uh I thanked her and stuff. I mean, because. I was like, she called me to be in um, on stage with her, and I, I forgot where I was. I think I was touring or something, and I couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. So, like, she she is a great ally for us all, and she loves me, and I love her. I'm still waiting for the call, though. Can you call me? I want to be back. I'm, I want to be on the stage with you, girl. <laughs> Yeah, she is another one who, um, it was interesting to see Charlize Theron on last week, too, talking about, you know, the importance of being an ally. And Miley has has long, you know, uh, tried to incorporate drag artists into a lot of yeah, and it showed, and so, it, that I mean, that comment really showed a lack of um, knowledge when it comes to drag. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you how you felt about what Joe specifically was saying, because he was basically saying that most drag queens just do the same thing and it doesn't impress him. Um, but you also don't know the heritage and the history of those same dance moves, fool. 
So yeah. how does that make you? Uh, how does it make you look? Why don't right. you ask the question? Since you're doing interviews and stuff, why don't you ask the questions as to where it came from and uh, right. why do we do those moves and things like that? Mm-hmm. She had the perfect clap back too. She was just like, "Well, I think that's the same thing that you do. It's just all the same thing." Yes, Kennedy. <laughs> There were rumors a while back that you were asked back for a Verse the World season. Um, so uh, there was a lot of rumored cast lists that I saw with you actually on it. Um, so have you been asked to go back for one of those or even a regular All-Star since All-Stars 3? A Versus the, a, a versus the World? No. Um, to go back to... Uh, no. Mm. no. Would you go back if they asked? Hell yeah, that's a check. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's yeah, as simple I, as that. I go back. I go. I will go back. And um, and you know, I can't tell you if I was if I was or if I wasn't. But no, they did not. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything going on right now that you want to talk about? Is there any sort of projects that you're excited about coming up? That um, do you want to shine some light on? Um. Not really. I can't because <laughs> can't say no. I can't. But um, <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race live, and yes. um, I'm hoping that Noah's Ark come out this year because I'm in that movie. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. talk about that. Um, I am the newly crowned queen. Um, I won that in December. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about that rain. That allows me to travel a little bit more than just being a drag race girl. Um, that keeps mm-hmm. me relevant in my um, in my pageant community and my community as a whole. Um, um, I am competing um, to be um, queen of drag. Um, in September, it's going to be 11 of us competing for $50,000. It's a talent competition. Um, um, so I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a great event. I would definitely encourage my Kennedy Davenport fans to grab tickets and come and see it and cheer me on. Um, because it's going to, uh, Nasha Lopez is also going to be competing too. Um, that you guys may know. Um, Yes. And it's going to be great because it's it's a mixture of legends um, within our community. Uh, And it's compiled of if you won, if you, you have to have won at least one national title um, in order Mm -hmm. to compete in this, uh, in this competition. So I'm looking forward to that as well. So my, my year is pretty full already for 2024. So I'm very grateful of that because a Mm -hmm. lot of us, um, aren't so relevant and, and, you know, it's sad because, um, like myself, it's a living, um, and yeah. it's a living for a lot of us. So I'm grateful that people are still calling. I'm grateful that people are still interested in the Dancer Diva of Texas. And I'm just yes, going to keep always. doing, I'm just going to keep doing what I do <laughs> until I can't do yeah. anymore. We, we love to see it. And I just, I, I mean, your talent portion of this talent competition program, it's obviously going to be a recreation of Plain Jane's Burger Finger, correct? Oh my God. <laughs> Like she's just so much better than a burger finger talent. She's just so much better. 
So that's a no. Kennedy will not be doing that as her talent portion. I mean, and to listen, and to be fair, let me just say I think Plain Jane is really hot, and I will definitely do her. But um, <laughs> I shut her up, all right. Um, oh, Kennedy. But, uh, <laughs> What a note to go out on. What a note to go out on. Kennedy, thank you so much for always being such a pleasure to to speak with. Um, I truly cannot wait until the next time we do this, but thank you for your time today. um, And thank you for all that you do. Thank Thank you you for having me. And I look forward. Y'all can call me anytime. Oh, we will. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all call me anytime. I'll be ready. Thank you so much, Kennedy. Kennedy. Thank you. Thanks again to Kennedy Davenport for being here and for keeping our black stockings, white shoes out of the church. Please remember if you enjoyed Kennedy's presence, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast so we can keep bringing you great interviews with Drag Race cast through season 16. What are you pointing at? I'm just doing, I I just, it's my burger finger. (laughs) Okay. This is not a video podcast. You can't have your finger in the screen. I'm not smelling it. Get it away it's from my me. Burger finger. It's my Cheryl you know Hole okay. slash burger finger slash stink finger slash everything finger. Okay. I, I think Tune I just in. I think I just realized like like RuPaul's fake persona in the premiere, I am a vegetarian. And so maybe it's just I, I hate burger finger because I don't want to smell beef. So take it well, all back. Glad we came to that conclusion in our outro. Um, tune in next week as we continue Quick Drag along with episode three of season 16, featuring an interview with our first, oh, first eliminated queen of the season. Um, but for now, until next week, have, have a, a bleep night. night. Oh. <laughs> There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. No, I'm not bleeping breasts now. I just don't like the T word. When the nipple popped out, Did I find it a turn on? Yes. Did I like, did I I laugh? No.